This is the Epilog Audio Experience. The language and content on this podcast may be unsuitable for certain audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to History Chatter. Last week I was talking about horse trams and Chembur forest. I was talking about the memoirs of Salim Ali and about Bombay in the early 20th century. Talking about Bombay in early 20th century, I started looking around for what Bombay was like in the 19th century, which is when Bombay really came to life. Mumbai, which was Bombay during the 19th century. and much of the 20th century bombay was practically the creation of the englishman but it was also the creation of the enterprising parsis and the parsis not only created famous legendary industrialists such as uh, the likes of sir jamshed ji 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 boy or sir jamshed ji tata and several others and we will talk about some of them in subsequent episodes when we look at the rise of bombay to a unique position to the head really of indian commerce but bombay also produced some wonderful politicians writers journalists and intellectuals dinshaw watcha was one of the very best of bombay journalists writers and intellectuals those familiar with the history of india politics congress and bombay would certainly remember him as one of the major leaders of the early or moderate congress in the late 19th and early 20th century he was in fact the president of indian national congress in 1901 but more importantly and perhaps more enduringly watcha was a wonderful journalist and writer and historian he has left vivid memories of bombay in the 19th century or 1850s as a matter of fact uh, he published a very large memoir on bombay which is lyrically called the shells from the sands of bombay memoirs between 1860s and 1875 which went through a number of editions and contains snippets on the history of bombay during the 19th century especially since the 1830s right up to the early 20th century now watcha had an extraordinarily long life he was born in 1844 and passed away in 1936 in course of this long life is had the opportunity to observe and write about the city of bombay and the eminent men and women who made it possible 
He'd done um, a number of books, really, a biography of uh, Jamshedji Tata, history of uh, Bombay Merchant Princess, the city of Bombay, of the finance, um, the, the cotton boom in the 19th century, and um, several others among them. And he also has um, a series of lectures and pamphlets. It's a pity that we don't have a very good biography of, of this remarkable chronicler of Bombay, but he has indeed left some vivid and uh, wonderfully charming um, portraits of 19th century Bombay. In this episode, I'd like to talk about two of um, these hundreds of portraits of Bombay that Dinshaw Watcher had put together in his shells from the sands of Bombay. It's really about the 50s and um, the arrival of trains and the first flight of the balloon from the central Bombay and the kind of energy, enthusiasm and popularity it had generated. The 50s in Bombay may be uh, memorable, really, in more ways than one. The population was increasing. Trade with foreign countries was expanding. The two great trunk railways were beginning to push forward. Uh, the first financial institutions um, were growing roots. The first cotton factory was founded. And all around there were encouraging symptoms of Bombay's growing stature and future. Now, Dinshaw Watcher, of course, was only a boy at this time. He was born in 1840s. But he uh, did indeed notice the growing um, buzz of business and eminence around the city. And he would compare it with other Indian towns. He wrote, for instance, that there was about her nothing of the sleepy hollow of many an Indian old and conservative town. There was none of the Eastern torpor, none of dilatory way of going about, none of that decrepitude which was first stealing over the trades, industries, and enterprise elsewhere. So other cities like Thana, Surat, Broch, all seemed to be shadows of medieval greatness, mere echoes of uh, decade or centuries buried in oblivion. Bombay was brisk and bright. Life was active. Life was earnest. The fort was a huge beehive of activity. And the other heart of the town, really, the market, Mumma Devi, Vuleshwar, and Girgaon were all abuzz with life and growth. The, the, the decade must have been full of the highest significance to particularly the Indian population. Most interestingly, he looked at Quote, that novel system of locomotion, a steam engine in front 
puffing and emitting a suffocating smoke, unquote. Then there would be carriages being dragged along on iron reels. At the time, it was the wonder of the world of Bombay. And Watcher writes, and I quote, I can recall to my mind, even today, the scene which was vividly impressed on my memory as I stood midst an admiring crowd a few years from the old level crossing at Baikala, just near the southern spar of the Nesprit Road overbridge, as the first train was opened for passenger traffic to a short distance. This is a boy of uh, 10, perhaps, or less than 10. And I quote again, The railways was a new impression and a new dispensation, the unlimited potentiality of which for universal beneficence was, of course, unthinkable to my boyish imagination. Only there was a very pleasant feeling akin to that sensation that on the eventful opening day, something titanic was seen passing over a crowded part of Bombay. And that's how Watcher recalled his being present during the first um, passage of the railways in Bombay way back in early 1850s. But if the railways was uh, a marvel, so was the first balloonist. The first tiny railway train, of course, gave them so many pleasurable memories. But um, another memorable event, far surpassing the railways, um, writes Watcher, which crossed the mind of the boy of eight. And he calls it a transcendent scene enacted at Baikala by a Mr. Kite. Wonderful name. He was also the first balloonist. Flight in the air. What may be that fairy-like ball, the balloon, which could enable one to soar empyrean height, cleave the liquid air, till in a few minutes' time it sped outwards and upward on its ethereal course, showing only as a speck as it soared higher. Wonderful! And I quote again, the boyish astonishment surpassed the wonder with which the first railway train was viewed. When was the balloon seen? Why? And this is even more interesting, unquote. Somewhere from the place um, where now stands the stately Victoria and Albert Museum and the smiling and all encircling Victoria Gardens, that is, the Chhatrapati Shivaji Museum of today next to the Jahangir Art Gallery. But what was it like then in the 1850s? Then it was a vacant suburban site allotted to the grass dealers of Bombay to stack their hay. There were little hillocks of grass packed and piled close um, for well nigh half a mile, just as um, one sees um, in early 20th century, 
the thousands of cotton bells stacked on the Kolaba Green, which too, of course, have disappeared. All Bombay and, uh, and its people in their hundreds and thousands had turned out all points of uh, the area to view this fairy tale, fairy-like contraption. The owners of the haystacks, uh, Watcher writes, must have ripped a rich harvest of rupees for admitting private families to stand or to sit at the top, wait for two or three hours to enjoy the scene all around, and specially to view the balloon in the near distance on the ground. The balloon on the ground moving to and fro as the aeronaut was inflating it with gas. And for uh, the boys there, the process of inflation, filling the balloon with air, was an unextinguishable delight, a great, great joy and magic as it moved to and fro Every five minutes, there would be a buzz and hum from the hundreds of lips. See, see how it rocks and plays. Ah, now it is distending. And see how it is bulging and puffing and so on. And it went on such uh, little comments and observations and expectations till the string was cut and Mr. Kite flew into the air amidst the hurrahs and huzzas of, of thousands of voices of the amazed and delighted spectators. Mr. Kite was to be seen waving his white handkerchief. People were lastly cheering him. The ascent was happening in the afternoon. There were three or four more ascents. The first was not successful. There was high winds and the balloon probably landed somewhere on the opposite coast of Thana or Uran. However, the sight of the first balloon, which ever ascended the blue sky of Bombay, was vivid in Watcher's memory even after 60 years. He was writing during the First World War. It was the wonder of wonders and the talk of every unit, every household for many a day. There were poets, the doggerels writers, who, who memorized, who commemorated the rhyme in praise of the valiant kite. I, I wish um, Watcher had kept a record of those verses, but he did not. So, um, it's to this delight in the growth and uh, prosperity of Bombay that uh, Watcher chronicles and takes delight himself in a very palpable and um, tangible manner. He would write, would go on to write uh, that boy really of eight several histories of the growth, rise and prosperity of Bombay in the late 19th and early 20th century. I wish really to um, run a series of podcasts, episodes of History Chatter on how Bombay 
grew to be the most um, beautiful, successful, prosperous, and indeed the business capital of India in the mid 19th and early 20th century. Let's look forward to some of those episodes for today. Let's savor the wonder and the charm of the first locomotion and the first balloon ascent in Bombay. I look forward to seeing you next week. This is Anirban signing off yet another episode of History Chatter. Let's meet on the other side with history of early Bombay in the next few episodes. See you then. Goodbye.